Welcome back to the golden age of radio. You're listening to the new old-time radio show. Classic, contemporary, fun. You can listen to any one of our many newly recreated vintage radio mysteries by visiting thenewoldtimeradioshow.com. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can be notified of upcoming events and new episodes. Please support future programs by making a donation on anchor.fm slash the new old time radio show. We appreciate your support. I hope I haven't kept you waiting. Yes, this is the Crime Club. I'm the librarian. No time for murder? Yes, we have that story for you. Come right over. Ah, you're here. Good. Take the easy chair by the window. Comfortable? The manuscript is on the shelf. Uh, here it is. No Time for Murder. The very intriguing story of a clock that chimed with death. Let's look at it under this reading light. It was early evening and Peter Woods, a young lawyer, had time to kill before his appointment with Hilda Ryan, his fiance. So he took a walk along Madison Avenue which was practically deserted. Then he stopped to window browse outside a bookshop. He was just getting interested in some titles when he was joined by a couple. What are you stopping here for, Dixie? Maybe I like books. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're just stalling for time. Oh, Steve, oh, oh, let go of my arm. You're hurting me. Am I? Then get moving. No! Now, you don't really mean that, do you, baby? Steve! Oh. Excuse me, mister. Uh, I don't like to break into a love scene. Well, then don't, pal. Take your hand off her. Okay, Sir Galahad. Now I'll give it to you! Don't! Oh! oh you... You knocked him out! Uh-huh. With one punch! Yeah, maybe I'm stronger than I thought. <laughs> what is your name, honey? Uh, Peter Woods. Oh, Peter, darling. How can I thank you? Oh, now, look, Dixie, I... If not been for you, I would have been... Hey, what's going on here? Oh, you're just in time, officer. This girl was being molested. Oh, yeah? By whom? Uh, that man down... What man down where, buddy? Why, uh, he, he's disappeared. He was just lying there, officer. Let me smell your breath. I'm not drunk. Ask this lady. She'll tell you what happened. Bet I will. Officer, this man, Peter Woods, he tried to kill me. You hear that? If I hadn't stepped in, why... What? What did you say? You tried to kill me! And all because... 
There now. We've got a place for men like him. Now, wait a minute. This girl is framing me. Yeah? Well, tell it to the judge. He's a great one for fairy tales. The accused Peter Woods, having been charged by the complainant, Dixie Martell, for felonious assault with intent to kill, is remanded for questioning by the grand jury of this county. Bail is hereby set at $1,000. Hello, Hilda Ryan speaking. And if it's you, Peter Woods. It's me, Peter Woods. Don't you dare say another word. I'm sorry, Hilda. You had an appointment to meet me here at my apartment at 7 o'clock. You were going to take me out to dinner and to the theater for the first time in six months. I, I know, dear. It's 11 o'clock now. I got tied up, honey. Why didn't you call me? I'm in the district attorney's office. Hmm? I'd rather be with you, darling. Oh, of course. Well, as long as you're working on a case. Yes, honey, and it's all mine. Well, I should hope so. You know what I think of lawyers who split fees. Don't understand, dear. I'm the defendant, too. You? I mean held for the grand jury. Good heavens! What have you done? Nothing. Oh, no. I mean it. I never saw that girl before in my life. What girl? Dixie Martell. I was walking along Madison Avenue, and she and a fellow by the name of... What did she say you did to her? Assault. What? With intent to kill, but she's out of her mind. What? Why? She told the judge in night court that I tried to pick her up. <gasps> All right, dear, you're against me too. I guess I'll be better off in jail. Jail? Well, that's where they're going to take me now. And if a jury believes that girl, I'll go to Sing Sing for five years. And I'll be disbarred. Oh, Pete. Feel sorry for me now? Oh, I'm just a big dope. Darling, if you could come down to the DA's office and bring a thousand dollars. Bring a what? My bail money. Otherwise, I'll have to stay in jail until the grand jury gets around to me. But where am I going to get a thousand dollars now? How about your relatives? I've been lending them money. Oh, uh, well, can you get it here by morning? That means I'll have to go to the bank. Hilda, I love you. Oh, my trousseau money. You'll get it back, and we will be married right after the jury says not guilty. Yes, and it better say not guilty, or I'll see that you get life. <laughs> If your girlfriend were home... She's not my girlfriend. Well, all right, then. If Dixie Martell were in her apartment, she'd have opened up that door long ago. Don't think I haven't thought of it. Then why do you keep buzzing? Hope springs eternal. Well, come on. We'll get some lunch and then come back. Maybe by that time... I'm not giving up the watch, darling. But we could be eating. I'm going to be here when Dixie comes home, and she's going to tell me why she cooked up that... Yeah? Hilda? The door! I leaned against it. Well, then it wasn't locked. Now, how did you figure that out, darling? Well, you said... <sighs> Listen to me, Peter Woods. The next time you get into trouble, get somebody else to put up bail for you. All right, find me another girl with trousseau money. Pete! Have you got one? Are you going in there? Of course. But I... We came here to see Dixie. Does that mean we've got to stand in the hall till she gets here? I know, dear, but... We can be sitting down. Look, 
comfortable chairs, and a sofa. Pete, isn't there a law in this state against unlawful entry? In a lot of states, Hilda. Then why take chances of being arrested again? Aren't you in enough trouble? Hmm? How many grand juries do you want to face? You're right, sweetheart. Let's go back to the hall. <gasps> well, come on, will you, before Dixie barges in. Uh, uh, What's uh, the matter with you? Look, behind the door. Don't tell me, it's good grief. Is that Dixie Martell? It was, Hilda. Oh, Pete. Now it's just her mortal remains. <laughs> Yeah, she was strangled, Hilda. Ugh, took you a long time to find out. I was looking for a bullet wound or a knife wound, you know. I'd rather not. Ugh. And I noticed the marks on her throats. I thought there'd be fingerprint impressions, but there weren't. Ugh. Whoever killed her must have used gloves or a, or a... What's the matter, Hilda? Don't you feel well? Oh, I, I couldn't feel worse. Oh, come on. Uh, let, let's get over to the window. That won't do any good. Fresh air. Let's get out of here, Pete. I can't. You're not hypnotized, are you? I can't run away from it, Hilda. What are you talking about? Murder. Hmm? Dixie's murder. The police will say I did it. Oh, now, I mean... Well, don't kid yourself, honey. They'd say I did it, and I'll have the devil's own time proving I didn't. But what about me? Don't you think I'll have something to say? Yeah. After all, it isn't as if you found Dixie dead and then told me about it. Yeah. I was with you, and I've been with you all morning. That's the trouble, darling. What? You posted bail for me. Now, what in the world does that mean? You've got a special interest in me, and when I tell the police and the district attorney that we're engaged to be married... Oh! Understand? They'll say I'm prejudiced in your favor, and therefore... Oh, but Pete, what are we going to do? There's only one thing, Hilda. Yes? I'm a lawyer and an officer of the court, and I'm not supposed to do it. Hmm? I'm not supposed to conceal a crime. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, no citizen should conceal a crime from the police. But in this case... Thanks for coming out of the wherefores. What? Let's have the two wit. I don't follow you, Hilda. Uh, don't try. You just got lost in your legal training. Well, as I was saying, in this case... You're not going to tell the police about Dixie Martell. That's right. But Pete, we can't just leave her here. We'll have to, honey, until I find out who killed her. Very, very interesting. <gasps> oh, hello, Steve. You're a lawyer, huh? Hmm. What law school did you go to? Not the one you're going to, Steve. Oh, I've been there. And I learned the value of a closed door. Pete! It's too late, Hilda. The horse is in. Let's take a look at that eye, Steve. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, from where you're standing. Oh, don't be afraid. I won't hurt your gun. Pete! Is that the man you told me about? Yeah. The guy who threatened Dixie and got flipped. Nice shade of blue I'm wearing this season, huh? Why did you come here, Steve? Why? I mean, at this particular time. I get impulses, baby. Like the one that strangled Dixie? What? <laughs> Don't try to laugh it off, Steve. 
She tried to get away from you last night. You don't say. Are you denying it? <laughs> you killed her, Steve, and before you left the building, you saw Hilda and me coming in, so you hung around. Just to nab you with the goods, huh? Why did you kill her? Uh, listen, pal, would your name be Peter Woods? Never mind changing the subject. That's what I thought. Yeah, I knew I saw your face someplace. Madison Avenue. Magistrate's court last night. Say, is it true what Dixie said about you? Okay, Steve, play dumb. She was a friend of mine, Pete. And now look at her behind the door. Oh, well. We'll just have to tell the police about this, Petey boy. No, get away from that phone. Don't be ridiculous. It's a public utility. I'm with you, Steve. Oh, you dumb cluck. No, you dumb cluck. The lady screams and you turn around. Gentlemen, Steve. I'll break you in half. Come this way, Pete. I'll hit him with this flower pot. Oh, all right, I'll Hilda. I'll kill you, Woods. No, Hilda. Oh, Does it? Uh. <laughs> Thanks, you fatal charmer. Pete, oh Pete, darling, oh, I got the wrong man. Uh, how? What? Pete. What I... All right, Hilda. Now. Pete, will you ever forgive me? Now, Hilda. It's all over, darling. I hit you by mistake. Dumb cluck, lady screams and... <gasps> what? W what did you say? Well, I was all set to hit him, Pete, and then he swung you around and I... Oh, my aching head. Oh, is there something you'd like me to do? Yes, no, but not now. Where's Steve? He left. With his gun. Didn't he phone the police? No. Uh-huh. So he was bluffing. Uh, help, help me out. Sit there for a minute. I've got something I'd like you to see. Hilda. This piece of paper. What is it? Read it. All right. If I can see straight. Hmm. The, the repair ticket for a clock. So? Well, when I hit you on the head with a flower pot, the pot broke and this ticket fell out. Hmm. Carl Andrews, jewelry sold, clocks repaired. 980 East. 69th Street. That should be on the next block, Pete. Now, why would Dixie bury a repair ticket for an ordinary clock? Well, maybe it isn't an ordinary clock. Uh-huh. Help me up, sweetheart. I think I've seen everything. Ah, good afternoon. Can I help you? Are you Mr. Carl Andrews? Ah, ah, ah. I have been for 56 years. Now, what can I do for you? Uh, do we... We have a... Her clock. It was left here by Dixie Martell. Miss Dixie Martell? Oh, yes, yes. May I have the ticket, please? Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Now, let me see. Where did I put that clock? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember. It is... Here it is. <laughs> Shall I wrap it up? Let's see it first. Oh, of course. Why, Pete, it's beautiful. Yeah. Now, what would Dixie be doing with the... Well, you never can tell, Hilda. Maybe she used it to tell time. 
But a thing like that, I mean... It's a real antique, ma'am. Well, that's what I mean, Mr. Andrews. And very expensive, a collector's item, if you don't mind my saying so. Oh, we don't mind. Then perhaps you won't mind if I ask you a question? I am responsible for this clock, and, well, you are strangers to me, so, of course, you brought in the ticket, but... You want to know how we got Yes, please don't be offended. Or not. A straight question calls for a straight answer. Thank you so much. We got it from Dixie. Um, Naturally. Miss Martell, to you, excuse me. She had to go away a long vacation, and she... Oh, the poor girl. I told her she was fucking too hard. I guess being a light club dancer is a very difficult provision. It uh, keeps a girl on her toes, Mr. Andrews. Of course I do. Hate to lose a good customer. But what is best for her is well to understand. Perfectly. Will she be coming back someday? I don't think so. Her plans were very definite. Oh, that is too bad. Well, if you should see her employ her, tell him I'm sorry he's lost such a good performer. Do you know her employer too? Oh, oh, oh. oh indeed I do. Mr. Jackson is one of my best customers. He owns the Pelican Club on West 49th Street. And you know, <laughs> holy clocks there are never on time. Oh, oh, oh. I see you know, Mr. Jackson. Are you sure you wouldn't like me to wrap that clock for you? Sure. Well then, if you'll excuse me, I'll go back to my work. People get so angry when their clocks are not ready on time. Good day. Same to you. Now there's a sweet old man. Uh-huh. Pete? The next time we have a clock that needs fixing or some jewelry that needs buying... I'll keep it in mind. Hilda, didn't you notice something queer about that sweet old man? Queer? He didn't ask me to pay him. Pay him for what? The work he did on the clock. Oh, well, maybe Dixie did that before, you know, in advance. Boy, how you women stick together. Uh, come on, let's get a cab. Pete, are you crazy? You'll find out. This isn't utopia. Cab rides cost money. Take a look at the back of this clock. A metal plaque. Read it. From the collection of S. Parker Jackson. Well, all right. Mr. Andrews said that... Now, don't you get it, honey? S. Parker Jackson. <laughs> Excuse me, dear. This is my dumb afternoon. S. Parker Jackson might be the fancy moniker for a guy named Steve. Oh. Oh! Don't explode, darling. I need you. Oh, this darn traffic. It'll take us a year to get there. Oh, well. Hilda, for Jiminy's sake, will you stop playing with that clock? I'm only trying to wind it, Pete. Only trying? You've been turning that gimmick for ten minutes. You must have broken the spring. We'll find out. See? Hey, take it easy. That thing's an antique. You'll shake the guts out of it. I 
I've shaken something out of it. A drawer? In the base of the clock. Pete, look what's in it. Let me see. Stuck with glue or something. Hilda, I love you. Hmm? These are diamonds. What? Those four pieces of glass? Uncut diamonds. I'll bet this drawer wasn't in the clock when Steve Jackson bought it. Pete, do you know what you're talking about? I've got an idea. Those robberies in the Diamond Center for the past year. Oh, no. You've read about them, haven't you? Yes. All right, dear. You're getting off at the next corner. Oh, now, Pete. No arguments, honey. I've got plans. Well, I've got $1,000 wrapped up in you. Hard-earned money. Do this for me and I'll owe you my life. Would you go to the Pelican Club without me? Yes, dear, but you'll be there, too, in spirit. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Jackson. Huh? Well, Pete. Well, if it isn't my old friend, come in. How's your head? S. Parker Jackson. Yeah, I come from good stock. Bottle and bond. Yeah. How, uh, how'd you get here? I walked. This is, uh, quite an office you've got. Mm. I like comfort. And uh, those clocks on the walls. Some collection. Uh, mind if I look at them? Who, uh, who told you about this place? Clock that Dixie had given to Mr. Carl Andrews for repair. Andrews. Oh, Andrews. He, uh, he does all my repair work. Yes, so he said. Where is that clock? How much is it worth to you? Let's say your life. Oh, you talk big. Where's that clock, Pete? Now look, Steve, I'm a lawyer. I get paid for asking questions. You'll get paid off if you... Yeah? Okay. Name your price. Why does that clock mean so much to you? It's valuable. It's the only one of its kind in the world. A portable diamond mine, hmm. What'd you say? I'm giving the answers now, Steve. All those clocks on the walls, those rare antique clocks, are loaded with diamonds that were stolen from the Diamond Center. <laughs> that crack you got on your skull went right through to your brain, didn't it? Ooh, right through with a ticket. Now let's have it, Mr. S. Parker Jackson. You killed Dixie Martell because she stole one of your clocks with the diamonds in it. Killed Dixie Martell? Remember the body behind the door? There's a hospital a few blocks from here. You'd better go there right away. <laughs> Kill Dixie Martell. Oh, that's very funny, isn't it? Oh, it's a riot. A body behind the door. You've been seeing things, pal. Oh, now, wait a minute. Dixie, <laughs> of course. Wait till she hears about this. Come on, I want you to tell her. What? Dixie Martell. She's upstairs rehearsing a new number. What? You mean she's here in this club? Yeah, all here. But, well then, who was the girl in her apartment? Dead girl? What dead girl? Rehearsal room, Pete, last stop. Uh, so, uh, this is Dixie, huh? Always was, pal. I'll introduce you to her. Got it, baby! Steve, you like the new routine? Yeah, uh, 
Dixie, I want you to meet Peter Woods. Hello. From Hollywood. Nah, from Hunger. He's a lawyer. Oh. Well, if he's a friend of yours. Now, listen, Miss What's-Her-Name. It's Dixie Martell, honey. Yeah? Since when? Since... Say, what is this, Steve? A census taker? A jerk, baby. Thinks you're a corpse. What? A what? You know, what people say nice things about. You're misrepresenting her, Steve. She is not the girl we thought. She's Dixie Martell, Pete. But she's not the... And you know it. Don't you tell me who I am. All right. I won't, but I will tell you what you are. Yeah? Get ahead. <laughs> Hell, you're a... Waiting, mister. You're a... Well? What's the difference? You are not Dixie Martell. Now get him out of here, Steve. <laughs> get him out of here before I wrap him up for burial. Oh, funny scene. Quite a funny scene. What's the matter with you, huh? I got work to do. New routine that's got to be ready by tonight. Well, then, work. Let's go, Pete. Yeah, well, goodbye, Miss What's-Her-Name. Ah, go feed yourself to the squirrels. <laughs> Some number, huh? Yes, uh, that's what I've been thinking. Uh, let's go down to your office, Steve. Maybe I'll find a number for you, too. And, uh, here, Steve. Some of the publicity we sent out on Dixie. It'll break in tonight's papers. With or without pictures? With. Here's a couple of the pictures. Oh, Steve. Either you're a guy with plenty of gall, or you're just plain... You're getting weaker, pal. These are pictures of the girl upstairs. Dixie Martell. What's the gag? Who do you think you're gonna kid with this stunt? Oh, you're getting tough again. Oh, now look, Steve, I am not crazy. And neither is Phil. There was a dead girl in that apartment. We all saw her. You were going to phone the police. Was I? That girl was Dixie Martell. And the girl upstairs is... Well, I have a feeling. I don't know. But perhaps I could make a call. <laughs> Excuse me, pal. Yeah, come in. Oh, so you're still talking. Uh, who? Uh, me? Who is this? Don't tell me you don't know. Or aren't the dead supposed to be heard? What? Yes. You recognize the voice now, don't you? Dixie Martel. No. How does it feel listening to a ghost? I'll let you know. You thought I was dead, didn't you? You are so sure. The guy who does such a perfect job on everything. No, 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 wait a minute, sweetheart. So you're mad. Okay, but, uh... You tried to kill me. And why? Just because I swiped one of your lousy gloves with diamonds in it. Was that a reason for murder? Oh, uh, that's, uh, that's a big question, honey. I can't answer it now. That's all right with me, Steve. You're through. Well, uh, honey, I mean, uh, you know... Woman uh, trouble, Steve? Sorta. Well, then, you have too many. It was your girl, Pete. Huh? Hilda, you put her up to it, didn't you? Now, uh, chum, if I knew what you were talking about... He makes a very bad ghost, chum. Oh, that? Yeah. Oh, don't reach for that gun, Steve. 
I've got one right here in my pocket. That fact or fiction? Don't try and find out. <laughs> Once a lawyer, always a lawyer. What does that mean? How much? For you, 2,000 volts. How about 50,000 bucks for you? In cash? In cash. All right, Steve, get on that phone and call the police. No dice, huh? Police, pal. Okay. What do I tell them? About diamonds and Dixie and death. <laughs> you're really nuts. Squirrel food. And while you're dialing the operator, you can tell me all about that girl upstairs you had posing as Dixie Martell. Oh, you mean Mona? Mona, a not-so-delectable slice of ham. Oh, you're wrong, pal. She's very delectable. <laughs> <laughs> very delectable. <laughs> nice work, Mona. Your timing was perfect. Oh, thanks for leaving the door open, Steve. Ah, everybody wants to get in the act, but you, baby, you belong. <laughs> what do we do with them? Ah, leave them here. Come on, help me get the clocks down from the walls. Clocks? But, Steve, we Come just... Come on, baby. Time marches on. We gotta keep in step. Pete? Pete? Uh, 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 oh, now, Hilda? All right, Hilda, no! I didn't do it, Pete. You can't blame me for everything that happens to you. Now get up. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, get up. Uh, uh, Hilda! How do you do? Uh, what happened to me? That's what I'd like to know. How did I get down? I, oh, yeah, somebody hit me on the head. Who? Uh, I don't know. Steve was standing over there. I... I had him covered with a gun I didn't have in my pocket. A gun you didn't have? I took a chance and he fell for it. Then he... I know! Oh, now we'll get someplace. It was Mona! It must have been Mona! Who's Mona? The girl in the rehearsal room who pretended to be... Hey, the, the, the clocks! What happened to the clocks? Huh? The clocks that were in this room, the walls were covered with them. Pete, you poor darling, you're delirious. Two hits on the head in one day. They're gone, Steve. Mona, clocks, and diamonds. Beat it. Are you talking to me? No, no, no. The, the clocks were full of diamonds and those two killers. Oh, dear. You mean I was Dixie's ghost for nothing? Hilda, don't you realize? The evidence is gone. And sooner or later, someone will find Dixie's body in her apartment. The police will start asking me a lot of questions. What'll I tell them? Oh, excuse me. Oh, hello. I'm looking for Mr. S. Parker Jackson. I have... Oh, haven't I seen you told before someplace? Why, uh, yes, of course you have. We were the two folks who, uh, well, you remember Dixie Martell's clock. Oh, yes. You will pardon my bad memory. I hope. How, how are you? Oh, so-so. Oh, that's too bad. And you, young lady? I'm fine, Mr. Andrews, and you? Oh, I can't complain. Are you waiting for Mr. Jackson? Uh, who isn't? Uh, is that a clock you've got in that package? Yes. Mr. Jackson wanted me to repair it. A great rush. 
I had to promise to have it here exactly at this time. And now, will he be here soon? Maybe. If we can reach him. He hasn't gone away, has he? Well, after a fashion, but you can leave the clock. Leave it? With me, I'll see that it gets to the right hands. I am sorry, I cannot do that. Why not? Mr. Jackson is very particular about his clocks. But you aren't. What? The one you repaired for Dixie was a very bad job. Why, Pete, that's right. It didn't go. Took you long enough to remember that, Hilda. How about you? Mm, took me a long time, too. Uh, now, Mr. Andrews. I am afraid I don't quite understand what you young people are talking about. Well, then, uh, let me put it this way. That clock you've got wrapped up has got a drawer in it. I did not notice. A drawer you put in it. That's the kind of repair work that you've been doing for Steve Jackson. I... Young man, I... Shall we check? Leave this package alone. We're checking, Mr. Andrews. I said leave it alone! Hey. Oh, I am sorry. I did not mean to hurt you. I'll come back later when Mr. Jackson is... Just a minute. Don't stop me, young fellow. No, oh, you won't take me by surprise again. You never knew what was going into those clocks, did you? I want you to get out of my way! When Dixie Martell bought a clock to you, not for repair, but for safekeeping, you looked in the drawer. You saw the diamonds. I'm running, you young man! You took them. That is, you thought you took all of them. Then you went up to her apartment this morning and strangled her. It's no use, Mr. Andrews. I can wrestle too. You strangle her. No! Just to make sure you could keep the diamonds. That wasn't nice, Mr. Andrews. That was murder. Oh, a hot dog, a bottle of pop, and that. I just can't get over it, Pete. Mr. Andrews. Mm hmm. He did it. The police found the diamonds in the back of his store. Greed, greed, greed. Once is too much, Hilda. What people won't do for money. If they wouldn't do it, it would be all right. But the trouble is, they do. You can't beat it, honey. Ask Mr. Andrews. Mm -hmm. And when you get through asking him, you can ask Steve and Mona. You think they'll get 20 years? Maybe 30. But if I were the judge... <laughs> Someday, darling. Mm, yes. Yeah, come on. Let's get some peanuts. Pete, what made you suspect Mr. Andrews? I was alive. What? And I wouldn't have been if Steve were a killer. Oh, so you That's mean... That's right. I knew too much about his business, but he didn't kill me, so when Mr. Andrews came in... Make it simple, dear. I took a chance, that's all, and it worked. Well, where can I get some peanuts around here? Are you going to eat them? No, why not? Squirrels do. Are we any better? We're not even as smart. And so closes tonight's story, No Time for Murder. Deadman Cole wrote the radio script. Mark Seven produced and directed. Matt Wilkes played Peter Woods. Jessica Burkhart 
was Hilda Ryan. Chris Bizzab was Steven Jackson. Nick York played Carl Andrews, and Schlee Snyder was Dixie Martell. Oh, I beg your pardon. Hello, I hope I haven't kept you waiting. Yes, this is the crime club. I'm the librarian. Yes, come over a week from tonight. Good. We have a very unusual story of a trip that was arranged by death. It's called Cowhide. In the meantime, well, in the meantime, there's a new crime club book available this week and every week at bookstores everywhere. Yes, it's available now. Fine. And we'll look for you next week. This program originated from New York. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. In lieu of paid advertising, we're relying on the generosity of our listeners to continue producing vintage radio mysteries. So if you enjoyed this performance, please spread the word to two or three hundred of your closest personal friends and encourage them to visit this site so they can share your experience. And if you're able, please click on the donate button to ensure future programming. Our actors and technical staff appreciate any amount of financial support. Thank you. <laughs>